Sports Radio welcomes you to the Lion's Den with your hosts, Michael Heiger and Louis Bellotta. Ah, yes, Lions fans, you are listening to the Lion's Den here on Impact Sports. I am your host, Michael Heiger, and I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Louis Bellotta. Lewis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a while since we've been on the show together. How's your summer been? It's been busy. Very, very busy. Uh, yeah, mine too. Uh, I'm kind of missing football season. I'm enjoying baseball season, but I'm ready for... I'm not really enjoying kickoff. baseball season. Really? The Tigers, man. They just... Yeah, they're, they've been tough to watch lately. They really have. But... Oh, yeah. So tough. I... I was at the Tigers game on Saturday, and Joe Nathan took a half hour to close out the inning. It was it was Ugh. just painful. Yeah, honestly, it's just I think they'll get it. I think they'll get it together. I, I have high hopes for them. I hope they get it together. Yeah. Uh, one one other uh, thing that I hope gets together is this line situation coming out right now about Eric Ebron, and he remains to be the only player, the only draft pick by the Lions that has not been signed. Kyle Van Noy, the second round pick. Uh, signed his deal last week, and that leaves Eric Ebron left. And the situation is, though, the Lions don't have enough money. V- there's varying numbers coming out that they have roughly around a million dollars left in cap a mil- space. A million to 1.5. Yeah, right around, like, right around that area. Depending on what article you read. And so the, the question is, is, where do the Lions get this money, and when do they get this deal done, Lewis? I'd say they have to get this deal done before the preseason starts, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's it's another distraction that you don't want to hinder over training camp. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, they definitely need to have it done during the preseason. Uh, I found this good article on uh, the Bleacher Report, and it, it it goes through several options that the Lions have and that they could explore on how to get, get him some money, pushing aside the whole negotiating in Dominic and Sue's contract, which we just shouldn't talk about. It's just not going to happen. Just... just that, that's not an option. Yeah, nobody. I, I feel like with that topic now, we're just kind of beating a dead horse. Yes, and... nobody can say, "Oh, do that," because it's no, you can't yeah. do that. Some of the um, things that they put out there. One was uh, cutting a player. Some players that they listed that would be viable options are linebacker Ashley Palmer, mm-hmm. offensive tackle Corey Hilliard, running back Montel Owens, defensive end Jason Jones, and left guard Rob Sims. Wow. Of those five players, who do you think? They should cut. Well, there's a couple on there that I'm actually surprised you named. One of them is Ashley Palmer because yes, yeah, I was surprised at that as yeah. well. I've read. Uh, I also read another article on um, Fanside.com that they uh, they also listed Ashley Palmer as a casualty, and it's basically and they say the same thing in both articles. It's oh, now that they have Van Oy, Ashley Palmer doesn't have a starting spot. Who cares? Isn't depth important? This yeah. guy started a full NFL season. He's got experience. What happens if Van Noy doesn't pan out? What happens if he gets injured? Well, then don't you want Ashley Palmer back, back playing? You know. And also, he was great on special teams before he even earned his spot as a linebacker. I think it'd be dumb to it'd be dumb, and it would hurt the defense that isn't all that isn't all that great. We assume, you know, just to you're, cut Ashley Palmer. You're talking about a backup to a rookie who has never played an NFL snap. Before. Exactly. You need that security blanket behind him and behind Ashley Palmer on the depth chart to hear Whitehead. It doesn't really excite me. You 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 need that depth, and so I 
he's one that I'm surprised was on that list. Another one I'm surprised was on that list is uh, Jason Jones, the defensive end. Because oh, definitely, because there's no depth at defensive end. He not was, at all. He was their starting defensive end aside aside Ziggy last year, and he got hurt, and then that's the only reason why nobody saw him. He probably still will be the starting defensive oh, yeah. end going into the season. I'm a big Devin Taylor fan, but I think Jason Jones will wind up being the starting defensive end week one. And so I don't see them cutting him. And another starter that was named on there was Rob Sims. Yeah. What has he done to... I know, to warrant being cut. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, I, they say, oh, age. You he's, have no depth at the guard position. No. And it, he's your starting left guard. Yeah, I, I think that would also be dumb. I, the one person I saw here, Montel Owens, running back. I mean, yeah. he he's making... Uh, here, let me find the stat here. But, you know, Montel, Montel Owens, who knows him? Other than us... Other than somebody who would read this and kind of scratch their heads of like, I don't really know who this guy is. Nobody knows who Montel Owens is. And, you know, we already have Reggie Bush, Joy Bell, Mikel Ashore, Theo Riddick. What do you need Montel Owens for? The, Montel Owens was kind of used as the Lions quote-unquote fullback last year. And I say that quote-unquote because they didn't really use a fullback in their system, but he was that power back. And now they signed Jed Collins to be their starting fullback. You don't really need a backup no. fullback. Uh, currently, Montel Owens is making a one point one million dollars. If they cut him, that shaves a million off their cap. Okay. Why? Why is that not already done? But what? is that is that enough to sign Ebron though? Yes, it would be enough to. Um... It does say his cap number will be about two point two million. So that would cut it. That would I would say if they cut Montel Owens, that would. That would break the bank then signing Eberron. It's a numbers game. It is a numbers game. I mean, I think that's a move that you might have to make. Another idea that I saw where you don't really have to cut anybody is you could always restructure Calvin Johnson's contract. I don't like that idea. I don't like... They listed in this uh, the Bleacher Report article that you could restructure one of Stephen Tullock's, Glover Quinn, or C.J. Mosley's contract. I just... You know, the Lions are half in this situation already because they restructured Stafford and Johnson's contract once. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- you know, it's just going to push them two years down the road or they're going to have money issues again. I don't think restructuring Calvin Johnson's cro- contract would be the smartest thing to do. I think if you cut somebody like you cut somebody like Montel Owens and then you cut one of those random defensive backs that you signed back in March, yeah. I think that would give you the money you need to sign Ebron. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. And I think that... The thing about Calvin Johnson's contract is he counts towards $13.1 million towards the cap this year. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but he also is worth that money. He is worth that money. But the question is going to be, if you restructure that contract, are you going to keep on running into these problems down the road in the future? And I think... You will. I think this team is screwed unless they can... You know, you're going to have the Johnson and Stafford contracts because they... I mean, you could argue that Stafford warrants that money, but Johnson warrants that money. You're always going to have that money on your on your checkbook because that's the kind of player he is, and that's what you have to pay him. But you know, you gotta you gotta trim the fat with these guys. There was some guys you could trade somebody for like a pick, and that would eliminate a contract. But nobody wants nobody's going to trade you for Ashley Palmer or Rob Sims. No. They might for some depth guard, but again, the Lions would be stupid to trade Rob Sims because. You know, you need an offensive line. That would just put a hole that they don't need. And I'd be shocked if Mattel Owens even made it out of training camp. Exactly. I don't That's think the other the thing of why I think it's gonna he's, he'll be signed by the preseason, or during the preseason, I guess, for that matter, because you have to trim it to a 53-man roster, and that would, I would assume, eliminate some of the money. Now, here's my message to Jim Caldwell and the, and the rest of the Lions, though. Make this move. 
before training camp. Yeah. I begged them because that's just going to be another cloud, another controversy hanging over training camp that you really don't need. You don't need the fact that you don't have your first round pick sign and he hasn't gone to training camp yet. You don't need that hanging over the rest of the team. And Caldwell even said, we'll get, we'll work through it and it'll get done. Um, it, that's just PR talk yeah. from a coach. That's and he, he said it'll get done and hopefully it happens so it doesn't infringe upon the start of training camp. And I completely agree because that's not a distraction that you want. You want Eric Ebron there day one. And so that's my message to the Lions is get this done before training camp. This is There's also another little topic we didn't discuss before the show that I've I've been kind of thinking about, wondering about, and I don't know if it's just me missing something here. But have you really read... Now, I understand the OTAs and the stuff that they've been going through really doesn't matter all that much. It's just getting people acquainted with certain schemes and plays and the team and building chemistry. But I haven't noticed anything about Eric Ebron. Not one article, not one little thing about, hey, you know, oh, he looked great out there. Oh, he struggled a little bit. I haven't heard a thing. Good or bad at all. That could be a good thing, though. Maybe they want him to kind of fly under the radar a little bit. I mean, I don't know, but I would I would take it as a bad thing. A top 10 pick and you hear nothing about them during OTAs? Not one thing other than the fact that he's not signed? I mean, he was he was kind of quiet even coming out of the draft. Nobody even really talked about the pick much outside of Detroit. I yeah. Mean, no, Detroit I mean, people were yeah. riding and, no, oh, we drafted another tight end. But now that the now that it's all kind of settled down a little bit, I, I, I have noticed I haven't really heard much about Ebron, but I know that that's something that they kind of want to keep quiet because this is a weapon that they want to use against other teams. So Very true, but I, I don't know. Having him quiet in articles, I really doesn't think deter other yeah, teams to be like, right. oh, wow, we forgot about him. Right. Uh, oh, I know, not I know reading that, the article. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I was actually, I'm just kind of worried about it. Yeah. I, that kind of sets off a, a bust flag in my head. And really, it shouldn't because... It's OTAs, and it's just stupid articles that people are writing because they have nothing else to write about for the Lions because it's a dull moment in the season. But that just kind of raises one little tiny flag that you hear nothing about him. I think it's a little too soon. A little premature. A little. I think it's actually a month ago today that the draft happened. It's only been a month. I think you have to give it a little more time before you start waving the butts flag around and, oh, we haven't really heard much about him. Give him until training camp. See what he does in a pre in a preseason game or two. See what he actually does on the field. Maybe, I mean, the writers haven't really, I haven't seen much Lions coverage at all besides people talking about, oh, Sue needs to restructure his contract and all these players are injured here or there. But besides that, they don't really talk about much that goes on on the field in OTAs. Very true, very true. So it's something that I am, I, I want to worry too much about. One thing that I have heard coming out of OTAs, though, is that there have been a couple cornerbacks that have been looking pretty good. I've heard that as well. <laughs> Darius Slay, for one, and Bill Bentley, another, are two guys that I heard have really impressed at uh, the mandatory camp so far. And it's gotten me thinking, I'm looking at this uh, secondary right now on the depth chart. Right now they have Chris Houston and Rasheen Mathlet. Rasheen Math is listed one two. Okay, take Chris Houston off that. Yeah, he, I don't think he's going to make the team. I don't. Uh, it's going to be. He's, it's going to be a rough, a rough, rough, some rough waters for him. Yeah, in the next couple months. He's been dealing with toe injury, and Jim Caldwell really just doesn't even seem too confident about him. And so, yeah, I don't think that team wants. I don't think they want him. I was reading. You know, he was excused from these mandatory little camps that they're having this week, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, but there were other players like Ziggy Ansa who was hurt, but he was there learning the scheme. You know, he has a toe injury. It doesn't deter him from reading and observing and learning. And right. that was the whole reason why half the people were mad about Sue not being there. New scheme, you got to learn stuff. 
you know. And I think I think this Chris Houston, I think him not being there is that first sign that the, this team is already going in another direction. See, but I don't know if the Lions can really afford to go in oh, another no, direction. Oh, no, they can't. I don't, they can't afford to go in another direction, but it's just one of those things that if he's that banged up and his toes that bothersome, they kind of just got to be like, well, you know what, next man up. Yeah, I mean he he did he is coming off toe injury a uh, uh, toe surgery this spring, and he hasn't been around at all for the OTAs or minicamp. But I don't I think it's something that many other teams he'd probably be cut. I don't think the Lions can afford to do it though. I I could agree with that. And people are saying you know to free up, you're probably thinking even listening to this. Well, you guys are talking about Chris Houston, but you haven't talked about oh the impact that he would have if they cut him. Uh, if they cut him. It's they owe pretty much the same amount of money with a cap casualty cutting him or keeping him. It's actually cheaper by just a couple hundred thousand dollars to keep him on the roster rather than cut him. Yeah, I think I think for the Lions they need that depth, and I'm kind of curious to see what how Chris if Chris Houston is able to get back onto the field by training camp if he's able to start working out, and if he's not, then I think you do have something to worry about big time with him. And until then, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna hold out hope that he's able to come back and be a productive cornerback for the Lions because I think he's the most talented cornerback on this depth chart. They really missed him last year when he wasn't there. But I'm curious to know who your prediction is. Who will be the number one cornerback for the Lions Week One? Assuming Chris Houston isn't playing. Assuming he isn't playing. Rasheed Mathis. You think Rasheed Mathis? They'll just bump him up to number one. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Darius Slay. I'm a little optimistic on him. He was he is a year removed from being a second round pick. And they are they are saying they've seen a lot of improvement from him. And I'm hoping uh Terrell Austin and the new defensive Terrell Austin the new defensive coordinator is able to work with this secondary and really help them improve. But I don't know if this Lions secondary is really going to be improved from last year, and that's something that worries me a lot. And because they weren't that good last year either, and I think that they actually got worse. I think replacing Delmas with a Hegdebo, you're probably going to lose Chris Houston. Nevin Lawson is a yawn. I mean, he's a yawn, and you probably couldn't see him if you walked into a room. I know he's like five foot nothing. Well, what's the point of signing a guy who can't even cover the tallest guys in the league? It's ridiculous, and. I think the Lions' biggest problem last year was forcing turnovers, especially in the secondary. I think I saw that Delmas led the secondary in interceptions with one. I th- I might be wrong, don't quote me on that, but why would you draft a short cornerback if you're trying to force if you're trying to get interceptions? And you know, and he, he just seems like another Bill Bentley. Yeah. Who maybe if he's good enough to stay on the team, we'll be like, oh yeah, he's not too bad. Four years from now. I, was, I mean, I was a freshman in college when they brought were bringing along Bill Bentley and these guys, and they, I was just like, man, these guys just suck, you know, get somebody else. But now they're finally trying to show their colors, but still, can't afford that now with Nevin Lawson, a guy who's five foot eight. I was very disappointed that the Lions did not do it. I mean, maybe they did, but I, I was very disappointed that the Lions didn't try and trade up for Pierre Desir, uh, that small school cornerback. I, I don't remember the school that he went to, but... He was on the top of Kuiper's board a few picks before us and mind up getting taken. And I would have, I think he's like 6'2 or 6'3. And he looks like a guy who has a lot of NFL talent. People were projecting to go in like the second round, and it was a shock that he fell to the fourth round. And then I see them go up to the podium and select Nevin Lawson. It made it look like that they 
kind of were scared that they're up. Oh, here's this run on cornerbacks going. Now we need to take our guy. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And the one thing that like you know people because going back on the draft because I didn't get to be I wasn't in on the last <laughs> podcast, but just my opinion here is I don't think they ever planned on trading out of the 10th spot, and I think they were going to take Justin Gilbert if he was there. But the fact that Anthony Barr left, Justin Gilbert left, they're like, well, now Eberron, that's he's the 10th best player in our in our minds. And, you know, even though we need a quarterback or a safety, we're not going to take one because he's not worth the 10th pick. I think that was the mindset, and I think that just goes along right now with what you just said. That guy went off the board, and they're like, crap, that's who we wanted. Well, this guy's left, so we'll just take him. It, it and it's could, not a, that's not a great you know that's not a great way to go about things. But uh, you know, I that's I think that's what they did. I do it in fantasy football all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, you, you sit on a player for so long, and then the next guy takes them, and you're like, crap. Well, here's my second player that I can take. I'm just picturing uh, Martin Mayhew in the draft war room right now with a magazine of his players crossing out names as he gets picked. Ah, Justin Gilbert's gone. I guess I have to go with the next guy in the list. But and I think that also attributes to how fast they picked that. Because if you notice, you know, mm-hmm. Barr went off the board, and then, bam, Eberron was picked. And I think it's just because they knew. Yeah. They knew. They're like, if these two guys are gone, I'm going to pick him. That's what happened. Our pick was in before they had even announced the Browns it pick was. For, before us. It was. And so I think as soon as Justin Gilbert was gone... Because I, I agree with you. I think they would have probably taken Gilbert if he was there. I think as soon as he was gone, there's Ebron's name at the top of their board. We're going with him. I don't think it could have been any more obvious that they were drafting based on who was the best player available. Yep. I, I think maybe if there was an offensive lineman ahead of him, or an offensive tackle ahead of them, I don't think they maybe would have gone with him on their draft board. But I think... Ebron was the highest player available on their draft board at the time, and that's who they went with instead of going with Need. And would I have liked them to draft somebody like a Haha Clinton Dix or Dark West Denard? Sure. I, I think we both had Clinton Dix in our we did. Uh, mock draft special going to the Lions. And uh, looking back at it, I'm really not surprised that this was where the Lions went. I talked to you guys a couple weeks before the draft, you and Chris. What did the Lions actually went with Ebron? And you guys were like, no, there's no way they would do that. And I said, that's something the Lions would do. So, And look at you. Look at you over here calling things. Should have bet on that. <laughs> I was still shocked. I'll say, I was still shocked when they did that move, though. So, so was I. I had uh, I had my Twitter account open, and somebody tweeted that, they, that one of those insider guys was like, wow. oh, they selected Eric Ebron. And I was like, I don't believe this. That's my this one, isn't true. That's my one rule for the draft is Twitter's not open because I'll be looking through it and it tells there's you. Adam Schefter. Before they announce the pick, oh, the Lions are taking Eric Ebron here. Yeah. And I, it ruins it for me. That happened to me in the Riley Reef draft, and I haven't looked since. Yeah. So um, it is something that uh, I try to stay away from during the draft. But I, I do have one more topic for this show. Yeah. And it, and it's a little bit of a Johnny Manziel topic. And uh, just last week was the MLB draft. And Johnny Manziel, in one of the last rounds of the draft, was drafted by the San Diego Padres. And it got me thinking, because I've been seeing all these players recently, been all these NFL players being drafted to uh, Major League Baseball teams. You see Russell Wilson being drafted, Kaepernick got drafted, Manziel's gotten drafted now. I'm curious to know who is the one player in the NFL today who you would like to see pl- who you would like to see in a different sport for one game, and you would go and pay to see that. Calvin Johnson. All right, what sport do you want him to play? I'd say baseball. Really, I think he'd be a fun outfielder to watch. 
I'm laughing because I'm looking at your shirt right now, and it says Calvin knows the long ball. And it I brought does. up this topic to you before I knew, but I mean after I knew that you were wearing this shirt. But uh, this is something that he knows several long balls. He took batting practice with the Tigers yeah, a couple he, seasons he ago, had a couple home and runs. he hit a couple home runs. It was amazing. I mean, I think Calvin Johnson can do anything. I think if he wanted to go play in an NBA game, he could probably fit in there. He's got the height. I, mean, I don't know how he can shoot, but the one guy, I did a little bit of research on this, and um, the one guy that I would love to see playing another sport is J.J. Watt in the NHL. Oh, man. He's got the Wisconsin man. He's got the flow going on. He does. He does he's and got he's that gritty. hockey flow. He's, and, got, he's gritty. Yeah, he played some high school hockey, and so it got me thinking, what if he were to actually play an NHL game, get on that grind line, start what if you checking had people him, through the What boards. if you had him and Brian Cushing... Oh. Uh, as Dallas Stars defense, a defensive line for the De- Dallas Stars. I feel for whoever's playing the Stars that day. <laughs> I do too. I think if an NHL team really wanted to get back, because you know how they always try and get back at the other team for injuring their guy, you just throw JJ yep. Watt and Cushing out there, and you've got it all set. Oh yeah. So I, I would love to see JJ Watt play an NHL game someday. It'll never happen, but. Oh, I think that would be fun. And this, uh-huh. and then you know, there was all LeBron's like, I want to play in the NFL. It's like, get out of here. You know, <laughs> yeah, basketball. wants to be like a wide receiver for yeah. the Cowboys. I mean, can, can you imagine SportsCenter if LeBron announced, oh, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the NFL. It would be just as unbearable as it is now. Yeah, it's right now. I, I can't even watch SportsCenter right now to be honest with all the LeBron talk and Johnny Manziel talk. It's gotten to be too. Yeah, much I watched for me. the finals last night, and I was like, oh, I just watched the ESPN. You know, I just watch yeah. ESPN too. It's the same thing. You know, uh-huh. that's all they're going to show. Oh, I know what ESPN's going to talk about. How did LeBron choke last night? That's exactly. Yeah. So, um, that's just about going to do it for our show today. I do have a little bit of breaking news though before we go. I was saddened to hear today former Lions tight end Tony Scheffler retired from the NFL. Yes, I saw uh, that. Did a concussions. He was one of my favorite players when he was here. Had Western, those awesome little touchdown. Bronco, Michigan yep. native. Uh-huh. Had those awesome touchdown dances. I do have a Detroit Lions shirt with a few autographs, and he's one of them on there. And so uh, it was because of concussions, and it's something that I'm a little worried about with other players. But I wish Tony Scheffler all the best of luck. Oh, life. yeah. He was one of those players that they brought in when they hired Jim Schwartz to try to turn the team around, get some veterans, and he helped that. Yeah. He definitely attributed he attributed to the Lions team that we know now. He mm-hmm. definitely helped them with leadership skills and you know being a good tight end and all that stuff. Yeah, I think he. I think he was actually a great fit for what the Lions had back then. And they the brought in him and Burleson. System. It was yeah. They were two good signings. Yeah, they really were. So that's something that I just wanted to bring up real quick before we ended our show. But Lewis, I wanted to thank you for joining me today on the Lions Den. It was lovely. Yes, it was. And I want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast today. We will be back in another couple of weeks with more Detroit Lions news and coverage. Hopefully by then, Eric Ebron will be signed. We'll see about that. Fingers crossed. But thanks once again, everybody. You have listened to the Lions Den here on Impact Sports. Have a great summer. See you guys.